0: In our last episode, I clearly pushed some buttons and opened up a can of worms by talking about success coming at the cost of relationships. And you know what? I'm not going to avoid it. I'm not going to try to step over it, no matter how uncomfortable this is for me. We're going to lean in. We're going to discuss this because clearly this is a big topic on everyone's mind. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. In our last episode, 171, the truth about your success, I shared a big old chunk of tough love. Here it is. If your success comes at the cost of your relationships or your health, it doesn't count. Now, clearly the health didn't trigger anyone, but the relationships did. And I share this saying because... This had a huge impact on me last year. It caused me to reevaluate a lot of things in my life and to shift my priorities in 2019. And so that's why I decided to do an episode about it a couple weeks ago. Now, it clearly had a big impact on many of you because in the last two weeks, I've had more coaching conversations with clients about relationships than I've had in the last like five years. And it's quite timely also because it's Valentine's Day this week. Yes. Admittedly, a Hallmark holiday, I get it, but nonetheless, it's an opportunity to reflect and appreciate your relationships. And if you're not in a relationship, to get clear on what it is that you do want. So, Here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to introduce you to quite possibly the most powerful relationship tool that you can use. In the second segment, I'm going to share a story of how I realize what I definitely don't want in a relationship. In the third segment, I'm going to talk about power couples, favorite topic. And then in the last segment, I'm going to share some wisdom from some powerful business experts and entrepreneurs, which I think you're going to love. So get out of your head and into your heart and let's dive right in, shall we? So I quite often say that the biggest investment that you can make in business is investing in knowing yourself. This is the investment of personal development. And it's true. You have to know who you are and what makes you tick in order to do work that makes you feel fulfilled. And while this is the best business investment you can make, the second best investment you can make is in your partner. Because your relationship with your partner is a clear reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Now, there is a caveat here, obviously. I recognize that not everybody is in a romantic relationship right now, which is perfect. And if that's where you are, then congratulations, because that's exactly where you are meant to be. But this episode was really curated from a lot of conversations that I had with clients who are either questioning their relationship or wanting to lean in and invest in their relationship. Okay, the tool that I want to give you to use in your relationships is called the third entity tool. Now, you might be wondering, what the heck is that? Well, I'm going to explain what it is, and I'm also going to explain how you can use it. So the third entity, and we've talked about this before, is the relationship dynamic that exists between two or more people. It's an energetic thing that happens, and it's something that is going to be positive and happy and strong sometimes, and then at other times, it might be strained or weak. And because it's an entity, it's constantly changing, right? Think of it like a living being. Now, we don't often think of relationships in this way, so bear with me. Usually when you ask someone, hey, how's your marriage going? they usually stop. They think to themselves, oh, how's my marriage? Well, I'm still married. Yeah, no, I mean, everything's fine. And and they just kind of have ticked that box. But is it? Is everything fine? When we put our attention on observing the third entity, it forces us to be conscious about what's really going on in the relationship. And it's really powerful to do this because If you do, you will run interference on a problem that could potentially pop up or get you off track. Now, a common example I hear is when both partners are really, really busy with their careers, or maybe they have kids and they're really busy shuffling their kids around. And so their partnership is getting really little to no attention at all whatsoever, Think of it like a plant. If a plant got no care or love or attention or water, would it thrive or would it shrivel up and die slowly, a painful death? Now, your relationship is no different. You get out of it what you put into it. Now, here's an example to understand the third entity. Have you ever gone out to dinner with a couple or had them over to your house and when they show up... You can tell that they have been fighting in the car the entire way over there. And as they walked through the door, they both agreed to pause the argument because it wasn't settled yet and they want to come back to it, but they agreed to a ceasefire for company's sake. And then they'll pick up the fight later on back when they get in the car. Now, while they think that they are sparing everyone else the tension of their argument, the truth is that everyone else already knows that there's something going on. You can feel the tension in the air. You can see the four smiles, maybe even observe the body language or hear the sarcastic comments. In this moment, their third entity is strained. It's tense. If we used weather as an analogy, it would be cloudy and maybe a thunderstorm versus the opposite example. If they were out having fun, doing something that they both loved doing, like maybe they were both avid golfers and they were out golfing for the day. They weren't stressed. Their third entity would be really, really positive and really sunny. Your third entity is constantly changing. There are peaks. There are valleys. Sometimes it's positive and happy and light And sometimes it's strained. No couple is perfectly happy all the time because there are so many factors outside of you that are going to challenge your relationship. So quite frankly, the goal isn't to try to be happy all the time. The most important thing is to pay attention to the third entity or your relationship dynamic and name what it is like as you go along, especially when it's strained. You see, if you start to do this, you will notice that your third entity is a sign that you sometimes need to lean in and pay attention. And the truth is most people take their partner for granted. It's the only relationship that we have where we take a public vow to invest in this partnership with someone. And yet, ironically, it's typically the relationship that most people take for granted and invest in the least. Does that make any sense at all? Think about it. If you want to be a great leader, you invest time into your team and you have regular one-on-ones with them. You spend time with them, right? You know what's going on in their life. You run interference for their biggest challenges. If you want to have great friendships, what do you do? You invest time in your friendships and you keep these people top of mind. If you want to be a great parent, what do you do? You spend time with your kids, quality time. But when was the last time? that you heard someone say that they were really, really proud of how their marriage was going. We talk about our career, our health, our friendships, but sadly, people very rarely brag about their marriage or their romantic relationship. I feel like it gets a tick box when people get married and it's a really big deal. But then we cross the finish line and that was that. Remember, just like everything else in your life, you get out of it what you put into it. So as you listen to this episode, check yourself. What are you putting in? Okay, I promised to share a story of how I realized what I don't want in a relationship. And yes, it's important to get clear on what we do want, yes. But paradoxically, it's also important to know what you don't want because that helps take you one step closer to what you do want. And I got to warn you, this is not the most flattering story. It reveals that I can be very judgmental sometimes. And I'm not proud of that, but you know what? I'm human and I can't filter my gut reaction, but I do notice it and I presence it. So here we go. Years ago... I was out at a business dinner and I was in a deep conversation with one of my colleagues. He was from out of town so it was great to have this chance, you know, to sit knee-to-knee knee and really have a good conversation. Now, he's quite a bit older than me. He's around my parents' age. And he was telling me about his family and I love hearing stories of people talk about their family, about their relationships. And secretly, there's no better test of a person's character than to listen about how they talk about their loved ones who aren't in the room. Do they talk about them with respect and admiration or is it disdain and complaining? So, clearly, he was passing with flying colors. He was talking about how amazing his wife is, how in love with her he is, and how he tells her every day how much he loves her, and how great their life is together. And sadly, this is so rare for me to hear someone talk so highly of their spouse. I wish that people did it more. So... I started to ask him questions, you know, like, so what is the secret to a happy marriage? What is it that you're most proud of? And with each of these questions, he just, you know, kept blowing my mind with all these great responses until it came to legacy. I asked him, what is the one thing that you love most about your wife? And this was his response. Well. In all our years of marriage, we have never, ever, ever, not even once, ever run out of toilet paper. And there it was. His answer to his wife's greatest legacy in life was that she never ran out of toilet paper. And this is where my judgy just like gets activated because... All that's running through my mind in this moment is, oh my God, please, please help me. I do not want my greatest legacy in life to be thought of as the woman who never forgot to buy toilet paper. I want to be remembered for something more than that. And, you know, I'm not a poker player. Clearly, my face cannot mask the thoughts going on inside my head. He must have been able to read the horror in my reaction because... He started to kind of backpedal and then explain what he meant and, and put it in context. And he said that, you know, it wasn't just the toilet paper. It was the fact that she took care of everything, everything around the house in such an efficient manner. It was more than just toilet paper. It was the errands that she did and the supplies and the food and the meals and the cleaning. And she took care of all that, which is what allowed him to focus so greatly on his career. And that's what allowed him to be successful. And as he explained it, I totally started to get it. And yes, there is a lot to running a household. And I admire people who are able to do this really well. These days, that model just seemed foreign to me, especially with so many families I know out there where the domestic responsibilities, they just get piled on top of both parents or both partners having to work full time with very, very demanding careers. So that really wraps up one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had about legacy and success in marriage. Well, staying at home domestically may not be my wheelhouse. That may not be my expertise. My hat's off to those of you who have decided that that's what you want and that's what works in your relationship. All right, so we're going to talk about power couples now. And for me, I have to confess when I think of all my favorite couples, whether they're famous people or couples that are friends in real life, these are all equally partnered power couples. And as much as I do love tradition, when I reflect on the couples that I really admire the most, they are all strong partnerships. It's a balance of power with two very successful and grounded individuals. So let's talk about the Obamas, specifically Michelle Obama's memoir. So I read this book over Christmas and I love it. And I think this is probably where the seeds for this episode really, really came from. There's a couple really interesting things that I learned about their relationship from the book. Things that really, really surprised me. Because they are one of the most admired couples in the world, I mistakenly believed that they were perfectly suited for each other and their relationship came easy and I'm using air quotes around easy, I thought their relationship came easy. It was like a fairy tale, if you will, right? But after reading this book, I realized that that absolutely wasn't the case. They had a lot of really significant differences. They had a lot of bumps in the road that they had to work through to make their marriage work. So in reading this book, I realized how fundamentally different Barack and Michelle are not only in personality, but also in their upbringing and their family systems. And in some cases, this could have easily caused havoc in their marriage, but they used it as an opportunity to bring themselves closer together. So here's a few ahas from the book, things that really surprised me. First off, Michelle and Barack had very, very different childhoods. So Michelle was in a really traditional nuclear family where they sat down, they had dinner every night, and on weekends, they visited their extended family. Whereas Barack, his family was less traditional. His mom uh, got married and divorced two times, and he was raised essentially by his grandmother because his mom was living overseas. Second, they both had very, very different views of what marriage looked like, and this is something they had to address early on. For Barack, he saw marriage as an alignment of two people who could lead parallel lives without forging any independent dreams or ambitions. But Michelle, she explains that she saw marriage as a full-on merger, a reconfiguring of two lives into one. Number three, they actually spent time, and she discusses this very extensively with a marriage counselor when they needed it in their marriage. She originally thought that she wanted to go into couple's counseling, as I often hear, to fix, more air quotes, to fix her husband, but through the process, she actually realized that she had things to work on to improve in their marriage number four. So for both of their girls, Michelle actually went through IVF to conceive. And I mentioned this because, you know, couples who go through IVF quite often, uh, it puts a lot of stress and tension on their marriage. And it also is important because she explains quite candidly. Now, these are both A-type trained lawyers, right? And so she explains and puts it in context that we couldn't understand why we were both so successful in our careers, but when it came time to conceiving that we just couldn't have a baby on our own together. And that was something that was really, really challenging for her. And number five, after investing in her education at not only one, but two very expensive Ivy League schools, (laughs) Her dream of becoming a lawyer did come to fruition, but it was actually Barack who inspired her to leave law and follow her true calling in life. So still carrying the weight of all of her student debt, she took a huge pay cut and she left the law to pursue a career in public service to find a job that was more fulfilling to her. So to sum it up, she said, you know, we work on our marriage and we get help with our marriage when we need it. So there you have it. One of the most admired power couples in the world admit that even they need help from the outside every once in a while too. All right, in this segment, I want to share some more advice on relationships that I've pulled from some of the top business leaders that I really admire. First off, from Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, who, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about in the next episode quite a bit. He has some very inspiring perspectives on relationships and how important relationships are in business. So he says that going through marriage counseling... 20 years ago has made him a better manager and a better leader. It's caused him to be more conscious and self-aware. He says that the marriage counselor made him see that he was often lying to himself and to his wife because he would say that family is the most important thing to him. And yet then he would go ahead and work all night. The next advice comes from Ariana Huffington, who shares an interesting and you know, as you would expect, somewhat logical perspective on marriage. She says that having a partner allows you to take more risks in business, which is very true. I know a lot of entrepreneurial households where there's a single income and I have to tell you, there's a lot of pressure on that person holding the single income. And lastly, relationship advice coming from Sheryl Sandberg, who You know, I struggle to share this because it still breaks my heart that she lost her husband in 2015. However, um, she's been very vocal about talking about the relationship before, and actually I just got her latest book, so I look forward to reading that. But she's always been such an inspiration for leaning into having a balanced relationship, and so I wanted to share some of her advice. I could not do what I do without my husband, Dave. Still, like all marriages, ours is a work in progress. Dave and I have had our share of bumps on our path of achieving a roughly 50-50 split. After a lot of effort and seemingly endless discussions, we are truly partners. And lastly, I have some more advice for you. Now, I put a shout out to my community asking for a little extra wisdom and insight about relationships that any of you guys have that you want to share. And you know, as always, you never disappoint. So I want to share some wisdom from some listeners who wrote in to talk about their powerful partnerships and how they get supported by their partners to be able to run their business. Okay, ready? First off, We heard from Christine, who explained that her relationship is made up of the same five core values that are fundamental to her business. She says, my partner respects and values what I do. He isn't threatened by it. And he believes in me a hundred percent as I do in him. We don't need each other. We want each other and we are better together. So thank you, Christine and gold star to you for tying this back to core values Very smooth. Very, very smooth. Next up, I have uh, a message from Mike who explained that as a guy, society has me believing that I need to be the strong one and provide for my family. And having Rosie as my business partner has lifted most of this burden for me because we are in sync with each other. She looks after the business of our business. I love this. And I know how much you two lean into each other. This is both ways. Next up, we heard from Molly who said that she has recently started a new relationship and she noticed that when she opened to love, the flow of financial abundance has also started to flow a lot easier. So thank you, Molly. I'm excited to hear more about this one. And next up we have a beautiful message from Raisa. Now George is the support system. That lets me fly free and fierce. I know that I can reach that extra mile and try a scarier jump as he will be there if I fall down. He helps me to stretch further, just knowing the support is unconditional. We tested the theory of this last year a few times and it certainly worked in spades for both of us as it goes both ways. So thanks, Raisa. This one actually feels kind of like a Valentine's shout out. That's what I should have called this segment. Shout out to your Valentine because it's really, really beautifully written. And then I've got two more. One from Steve who said, He is grateful for some tough love. Here's what he said. No matter what I have going on at work or in life, I know that my wife has always got my back. She is the one person in life who I can always count on to give me honest, objective advice, no matter how much it hurts. So thanks, Steve. And I hope, I really hope that this is a two-way thing and that you return that favor for her. And lastly, but most importantly, Amy wants to give a shout out to her husband. So having a very strong, wise, supportive patient. Oh, you guys are just, this is so beautiful. Having a strong, wise, supportive patient patient, secure partner has really supported me with starting and growing my business. He has never once complained about me working, going away on trips. I think being with someone who is secure in themselves and knowing we are secure in our relationship helps immensely. I couldn't take a lot of the risks without him by my side. I also think being with someone who is more logical, business-minded has helped me. I value his feedback and he knows me so well. Thank you, Amy. I know because he's there to take care of you, you get to help all your clients and do your magical retreats. So thank you everybody for sharing your positive experiences with your partners and letting me share it on the podcast. I know it takes a lot of work to invest in a partnership and so I'm really, really proud that you guys are putting the time and the energy in. Clearly, it's paying off. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on investing in your partnership. So don't forget to start to observe your third entity, right? This is your homework. Your third entity is your relationship dynamic that exists between you and your partner or between a bunch of people, say on a team or in a family. Observe it. It's constantly changing. Think of it like a living being. Now, I hope you are inspired by this episode to either lean in more or appreciate what you have, or maybe get clear on what it is that you are looking for in a partner. I often say that relationships are the root of all business transactions, which is true, but make sure that your business relationships are not the only ones that you're investing in. Your relationship with yourself is always the most important relationship to invest in because it is your foundation. And your relationship with others is always a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself.